Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg, and with me always is Ringo. Uh, we have learned nothing about movies since the last time we've come to you. Is that correct, Ringo? Yeah, I'm still an English major, not not movie. I haven't even gone to college, so there, there we are. This week we're talking to you about Against the Ice, exploring Greenland's vast wilderness for a lost map. Two men must fight to survive, based on the true story of Denmark's 1909 polar expedition. Now, Ringo, we've never seen this movie, right? Like before no. watching it, and I've never heard of it. Uh, apparently, it was very popular the week it came out, but I guess I wasn't watching Netflix that week, so I'd never seen anything about it. Um, this movie is rated TVMA. It stars Nikolai Kosterwaldu, aka Jamie Lannister, as Captain Mickelson, and Joe Cole as Ivor Iverson. It's got a 6.5 on IMDb and a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. The trigger warning here that I'll give, this, this movie doesn't come with trigger warning, but uh, if you are sensitive to animal harm, this is not a movie for you, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. A quick synopsis. Captain Mickelson and crew have sailed to Greenland to recover maps left by a previous expedition. After discovering a journal left behind by one of the members of the previous doomed expedition, the captain and his mechanic, Ivor, set out to retrieve the lost documents. After a brutal journey, they recover the map, but upon returning to their ship, they find it has been destroyed by the ice and the crew has vanished. Before the crew left, they built a cabin and storage cellar from parts of the ship, and now Captain Mickelson and Ivor must survive the Arctic wastelands and hope for rescue. The synopsis there, I think, kind of gives an overview of the whole story. Like, there's not a whole lot more to it than that. So, I guess, spoilers, this is based on a true story that happened, like, 100 years ago. So, you might already know it. But I certainly didn't. I didn't know anything about this. Uh, I will say straight up that my knowledge of Greenland is non-existent. I know where it is on a map. And if it was, like, trivia night, I would know that Denmark lays claim to it. I don't know anything... Besides that, I uh, like watching the movie. That might be the first thing I've ever seen of Greenland. Ringo, what's your what's your Greenland knowledge at? How much of how much about Greenland did you know before watching this? I knew that Greenland and Iceland should have been reversed, and that you know uh, Viking found one or both of them. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. So we're on the same page there. To our international listeners, uh, American history doesn't usually cover most of the rest of the world. Uh, and I, I'm not just talking about history of America. I'm talking about history classes in America. We get a little bit about Charlemagne and Rome, barely touch on the Crusades, and then it's America time. We don't do a whole lot of other stuff. Oh, we definitely learn about like papyrus and the ancient Egyptians. That was something we did. But yeah, if it, if it had to do with uh, exploration or Vikings, we didn't touch on it when Ringo and I were going to school. Anyway. I, don't know, I watched this movie and I kind of came away with a very like shrug feeling. It, it's it's well shot and it's very beautiful, but there wasn't much more to it. Like, don't you think, Ringo? Like, didn't you, didn't it feel kind of like a little hollow at various points? It kind of felt like um like the idea I got was when you go to a sandwich shop and you ask for like a BLT and they give you two slices of white bread and say that's a BLT and you're like there's nothing in between the slices of bread <laughs> and you eat it still, you know, the bread's fine. I, I, I like, I like bread. I like bread a lot. This movie was essentially two slices of bread with nothing in between it. <laughs> Is it, doesn't BLT stand for bread lightly toasted? <laughs> they didn't even toast the bread, man. <laughs> well, okay. So they got to put it in the toaster. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it, it felt a little bit more like, like dramatic scenes that are like pulled out of this guy's book. So against the ice is based on the book against the ice by the real captain Mickelson, but it felt like they just grabbed 
a bunch of scenes that they felt like tied the story together and like pulled them out and then acted them out. And then the rest were kind of just like, oh, and then time passed. It's it's really weird. Like for a, a, a true story and a story that is pretty miraculous, right? Two guys surviving in the Arctic, uh, you know, with the the clothes on their back and very little else. I didn't feel a sense of like accomplishment or, you know, victory when they were rescued to me. Like I, I literally, after the end of the movie, I stood up and said, okay, that's how I felt. If we weren't recording an episode on it, I watched the movie Monday. Uh, I probably wouldn't have thought about it on Tuesday. Like it's not even. And after we're done recording this, if in a year's time you ask me like, Hey man, remember the movie against the ice? I might think it's a hockey movie. I'm not going <laughs> to remember this. I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I won't be asking you in that period of time because I, I probably won't forget. I won't remember it. I, uh, you know, I like you said, it was a it was a really well shot, very beautiful, extremely well acted movie. But I mean, there wasn't a lot to talk about because every major aspect that happened in this movie was kind of separate from the storyline i guess is one way to put it because it just felt like it happened and then we moved on and then we didn't have any sort of tension like near the end like they were just allowed to exist out in this cold wasteland with no food for what like almost 600 days yeah well i think we're meant to believe that they do have food um when the, so part of the movie, like there's a few scenes that cut away back to Denmark to show uh, his old crew arguing for rest, trying to go to rescue these guys. And there is a, a talk about like we left them food for a year, you know, and so that makes sense, right, that they would have some food stored from the ship, like in their little storage container. Yeah. But the flip side is like that's only for a year and they were out there for two. And I'm not I'm not really sure. So like. Uh, at one point, Ivor makes mention of, you know, let me go check the traps. It might be a rabbit or something like that. So we can assume they're getting some light amount of meat from like very small game. But I don't think two people can survive on like one rabbit every once in a while. So either they were very successful at hunting or they had way more food than they said, or they were way more starved and emaciated than the movie made them out to be. Yeah, which always a problem with these kind of stories, right? We want to see movies with pretty people in them, and emaciated people don't tend to be, you know, glamorous. So we don't generally uh, see like true starvation, true hunger. Um, yeah. The the one of the big critiques I have uh, about this is that the movie itself felt like, like I said, it was a scenes out of a drama, but I still felt like we were missing key scenes. So following kind of up on where I left the synopsis, once they get back to their cabin, they spend some time learning how to survive. And then they go off to, while they were coming back, they were worried that they were going to die on their return journey. So they buried their findings in a little stone cairn. And then the captain has a dream that says, Oh, you know, like the, the cairn that you built isn't good enough. And now the pages are going everywhere. And so they make the hike back to, to their old cairn, uh, to recover their own notes. And while they're gone, the boat comes to rescue them the first time and they're not there. So the boat is, you know, so they're stuck once again in Greenland. And I mean, that's really like, it feels like that part of the movie, it almost feels fake, right? Like yeah. it feels so contrived because the captain is portrayed as like, let's go, let's go. And the other guy's like, well, maybe we should wait or leave a note. And when you finally get to the point where they get back and he's like, we should have left a note. It's supposed to feel like this big dramatic moment, but it's kind of like, 
this is almost sitcom level stuff, right? Yeah. And again, this is a true story. I, that happened, and obviously, like the truth is stranger than fiction, etc. Right, and all jokes, etc., have a basis in reality. But watching it, it, it almost feels like that was supposed to be a plot point, and it wasn't because Ivor never really brought it up again. And then throughout the rest of the movie, we see Captain Mickelson starting to go crazy, like hallucinating girls that exist, etc. That like that they're there with them, and like hot air balloons landing, and. This gets played up to a dramatic moment exactly how you think. It, he almost kills Ivor, right? Or shoots Ivor, but then he doesn't. And then again, like Ivor never brings it up. And this is where maybe being an American is different than being Danish or being, you know, not American, I guess. I won't say specifically Danish, but it feels like if somebody has started slipping into madness and or has pointed a gun at you and like acted like they were going to shoot you while you guys are stranded in a survival situation, that maybe there is some ill will presented. Yeah. And I know that like Ivor and the captain remain friends for the rest of their days and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't know. It felt a little weird to me that he was just like, Captain, it's okay. It's okay. It's me. Right. And the captain's like, Oh, yeah, my bad. And he's like, Yeah, dude, you're bad. Anyway, uh, do you want some stew? I'd have been like, Nah, man, maybe you should get some rest. Like, clearly they need each other to survive. It's like, maybe you should sleep for a while so that you and stay away from the guns. Well, and, you know, another thing that kind of bugged me about that one was it just happenstance. He moves the gun into their food shelter and then the bear shows up it was like very unfortunate timing yeah it was very much like a one-for-one one, like oh you put the gun away it and it triggers the bear the bear knows that the gun is hidden away so now it's going to show up it was so yeah. it, it was like just like everything played out really well for them to ex like kind of coast for two years with no help yeah and i mean uh, again right can't harp on this enough it's it's a true story uh, or it's based on this guy's recounting of the story i guess no, nobody else was there but there's no reason to believe he's lied and this guy is a famous arctic explorer greenlandic explorer so it's all true it's just like all of these things together it feels less like a a life of pie type situation and more kind of like almost like a like whimsical in some points like you said the bear shows up right as soon as they put the gun away apparently no bear had been there in two years i don't know how many bears are in greenland i couldn't begin to tell you the answer to that but it feels like they would never put the gun away from themselves if they had any threat of bears which makes it think that this is the first time a bear showed up and like you said it just happened to be after they stowed the gun away from themselves yeah well, and in the in the instance where you know you and I are out in the waste, which Jesus, I hope we we aren't left alone for long periods of time, because apparently one of us is going to try and shoot each other. Um, We're in the waste right now, man. The streaming waste. Yeah, but you know we we Please come don't back shoot to... me over watching the clapper. Yeah, well, I'm not going to shoot you over the clapper. <laughs> but um, I I think that if you and I are in that sort of situation, the one that's more sane is going to hold on to the gun, because we're in an area where you know. Death claws might come out of nowhere and you know <laughs> try and attack us and you know the little pea shooter that they're using it's better than nothing i don't really want to fight a death claw with just my fists yeah i do appreciate that at the very end of their time there they charged out one with a gun and one with a knife to attack a polar bear i was like i suppose if you're gonna go out this is the way to go out right it's like right? try to shoot it and then stab it i was like that's very bold and brave while one of you is getting mauled, the other one goes ahead and tries to kill the, the bear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it would be the second mauling for the captain since he got mauled the first time. Which, 
now that you bring that up, that was another thing that didn't seem to like do anything other than like reduce their morale slightly. Yeah, exactly. I I actually thought that when we saw the bear standing on the captain's chest, right, like uh, when he had him pinned down, I was like, dude, his ribs are breaking, right? Like his chest bone is broken. That bear mm-hmm. is uh, like a thousand pounds easy. And, oh yeah. And so like. I don't know the most about medicine, but I'm pretty sure that like bones don't just heal like that. Right. So this dude had probably like crushed organs and bones and apparently he just walked away. And again, based on a true story. Right. But it it feels like that can't have been exactly what happened. Now, I think we should definitely make clear that both Ringo and I have never read against the ice, uh, his account of it. So we don't know what was taken dramatic Liberty with. I read an article that was like, is against the ice a true story, but it was mostly confirming that yes, the Netflix movie is in fact based on a true story. So for all we know, the polar bear attacked, but like it just like bit his jacket and none of the rest of that stuff happened. Yeah. I also thought that he was gonna die of hypothermia when he fell in that icy water. I was yeah, like Yeah, but you just you just put him in a put him in a tent and then throw a blanket on him and they're fine. Yeah. I also felt like this is one of those movies where it was hard for me to really care about either character. Because both of them kind of confirmed, I have nothing at home. Both of them confirmed, this is just a mission for me. And both of them didn't really develop real personality traits. And so, as such, I was watching two people I didn't particularly care about struggle to survive. And, like, I'm all for the the triumph of the human spirit. I don't want to see these people die. I'm not watching a movie like, good, fuck them, I hope they freeze. The flip side of that is that I also would like to care about them a little bit. You know, like this is this is closer to like I would read this as like a blurb news story, right? Like two men surviving the Arctic for two years. I'm like, wow, crazy. And then I would move on. I think the phrase I I, or the thing I said to you after we both watched it was that I think I enjoyed reading the Wikipedia article about this guy's actual experience a little bit more than I enjoyed the movie. And that kind of holds true. I suppose that the Wikipedia article doesn't really do justice to the beauty of Greenland. Uh, I don't know that this was shot on location, but I know at least some of like the B-roll footage is from Greenland and the acting is really great, right? For I just said that neither one of the characters really got traits, but they acted in the spaces that they had. And I believe them moment to moment. I just didn't believe them overall as characters, but these are really good, like good actors that did a good job acting as asinine as that sounds to say. A hundred percent. And at the end of the day, I think that their acting is, you know, commendable. I just think that the problem is, is like each of these dramatic moments were individualistic and nothing came out of them. And I know that we've said that already, both of us, at least once. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem that comes up is like they have the basis for what could have been a really good dramatic retelling of the actual story. And I bet you the book itself is probably a really decent read because I've, I feel like when you read these sorts of stories, like the the reading is really good, but when you try to retell it and not do a documentary, trying to make a story like a movie, it just it, it can work, but you've got to stretch some of the facts to kind of get some of that fictitious, you know outlook on it but then people get mad because you've stretched the facts and gone like you know hey i took my own little spin to kind of keep you watching this movie yeah and that's always like a question right how much artistic license is too much yeah 
for me, I guess it depends, right? Like the, the big story or the big important part here is this guy is somewhat of a hero uh, in, in Denmark in like Danish naval history. And so like, I think in that aspect, I'd probably want to stay closer to the source material, which it feels like what they did and make it so that this is almost like a celebration of this guy, right. And his momentous achievements. And in that way, right. Like it kind of makes sense that people who either aren't invested in like Arctic exploration or like Danish naval history or Danish or, or are Danish themselves would probably find this a little bit like boring the same way that I would imagine most people who like watch a movie about an American president are kind of like yawn. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And kind of like, as a little side note, America is mentioned constantly in this movie as like trying to force a claim. This is apparently based on some weird thing that like Denmark claimed all of Greenland and America claimed that there was actually like a river that ran through the middle of Greenland and that there were two separate islands. And it was vitally important for Denmark to keep control of the whole entire thing. I don't know why. I don't really understand why Greenland is of any importance to Denmark. I don't, again, know much of anything about Greenland, so maybe it's very dumb. If somebody would like to educate me about why the Danish felt strongly about holding on to, or I guess the Danes felt very strongly about holding on to Greenland, I would love to hear it. I just, I don't know now, and I I didn't even bother to look it up. That's how meh this movie was to me. It was, I didn't bother to do additional research after like my initial burst of watching the movie. Doing a quick search, it looks like Denmark was a big revenue for. Uh, uh, sorry, Greenland was a big revenue for oh, Denmark for whaling, and fishing. Yeah, whaling and fishing. Yeah, whaling and fishing. I, um, I forget about whaling as an industry because I grew up on the West Coast uh, at a time when we didn't have very much whaling, and it's yeah. you know generally considered taboo these days to whale. So it's just not something I think about. Yeah, and I think that you know that kind of explains. To me, at least, knowing this, why they were so adamant about trying to figure this this out, but I, you know, that wasn't really discussed. It was just, you know, America the bad guys, Denmark the good guys. We need Greenland, and you're just like, okay, but why? Yeah, and the other thing I do want to touch on, I'm I'm pivoting hard here because I don't want to get deep into like 1900s history of whaling, but. We mentioned at the top that there's a trigger warning for an alarm. I want to bring it up again because we should talk about it now before we forget and just toss it at the end. Yeah. There is so much dog death in this movie that it is almost uncomfortable to watch in the beginning. And I'm not saying that it's like gruesome dog death. They're not just like murdering puppies or anything like that. But there is they focus so much on the dogs in the first 10 minutes of the movie about how you should never get attached to them. They talk about, Ivor talks about like, oh no, this one's Leto. He's my lead boy, you know? And you almost start getting a sense that like, this is a movie about how this guy changed dog handling, right? And that, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the characters is very open about like, each dog eats like a hundred, what, a hundred pounds, hundred grams from the stock. Once they've eaten their fill of food, shoot them, you know? And feed them to the other dogs. And we definitely then see a scene of the lead dog that we're meant to care about falling into a chasm. And then uh, another dog getting shot and fed to dogs. And then a couple more dogs getting mauled by bears. And then another dog getting shot and fed to dogs. The, it, like, I paused the movie at one point. I almost never do this when I'm watching the movies. I usually watch them all the way straight through. But I paused the movie at one point to tell my wife I was watching a dog snuff film. Because it really felt like... 
like there was just an emphasis on how many of these dogs died for the movie to then stretch another like 80 minutes or so with no dogs in it whatsoever i feel like we didn't need to see all that yeah and greg and i talked about that actually after we finished the movie because we were both like hey did we both just watch this dog snuff film and we were both like yeah i think we did um and i was thinking about it and i was like honestly you probably could have had the the first dog fall down the crevice like they did have us go oh shit maybe have one more dog shot to kind of make the emphasis and i I hate that i'm fucking saying this because i really don't like (laughs) that i don't really like the way that they did it but i think that like one other dog dying and then like the rest of them just kind of disappear off off screen i don't want to see it i don't want to hear it It yeah the way the way they killed that first dog the way that they had iver shoot that first dog uh will be in my nightmares for the rest of existence even though it it wasn't gory it wasn't gory it wasn't it wasn't brutal but the way that the the dog was looking at iver just it it ate me alive yep uh that was that was really really rough to watch obviously both of us like animals quite a bit uh more than most people but the but yeah like uh i'm right there with you they could have kind of just like hinted at it and then showed us over time that there were just less dogs and i would have understood like intellectually i know that this happens right that this was the way arctic yeah. exploring was that this is the way that you know sometimes you like sometimes things happen right like i don't know if it's for sure today but i assume that the same thing happens with like horses if you're out in the wilderness and your horse breaks its leg you probably kill it right you know like it's just one of those things. It's it's never going to heal right, and you're a long way from home, etc. But I know that intellectually, emotionally, I don't want to deal with that, right? I don't want to watch animals get killed. I Marley and Me is a hard movie for me to watch, and I knew what happened, right? Homeward <laughs> Bound is a rough movie for me to watch. I like dogs a lot, and I really don't like watching dogs die. And so, yeah, for the rest of the movie to, one, never really talk about the dogs again or focus on the dogs, it's... I wouldn't care so much if it wasn't such a focus of their journey. Right. But the first like 40 minutes of this movie really, really, really have this like emphasis on the dogs and the death of the dogs. And then for them to then live two more years and the dogs are basically like a footnote. Like if you don't remember the dog snuff or if it doesn't bother you as much, right. Then you would, you would be forgiven for forgetting all about the dogs in the first part of the movie because it never comes up again. It's never important. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of, I I was kind of thinking that at some point they were going to show the captain having a different reaction to the main dog that he had, that he slept with, you know, when he died, I thought that it was going to have a different reaction than him going, Oh, I'm just going to destroy everything that we don't need to carry. And we need to take off. Like that's your, that that's it. I mean, I, I know that you've been playing, uh, you've been playing this hard ass. That's like, it's just a dog. Don't worry about it. It's just a dog. Don't worry about it. You have told Ivor that his dog isn't allowed to sleep in the tent, but your dog is. And when your dog dies, you just, Oh, it's a dog. Then why were you letting him sleep in the tent? You, you didn't care. You did not. I'm, I'm getting heated. I'm getting heated. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that I mean it's fair, and maybe that was what they're going for when they're shooting all this. They were trying to to get a reaction because they realize the rest of the story comes across maybe a little flat. But either way, it felt like a weird choice to make, and I did not care for it one bit. Yeah, 
as such, kind of moving right along to the end here, I don't really recommend this movie. It doesn't have a lot to save it. Again, the acting is strong and the scenery is beautiful, but it's like two great performances and some beautiful scenery telling a very pieced together story with a lot of unnecessary elements in it and a lot of times where nothing really pays off. Even the end yeah. of the movie feels abrupt. I get that the I get that the real life version of them, you know, he was rescued and then he went on to do a ton more stuff in Greenland. So the ending probably doesn't need to be this big dramatic thing. But the flip side of that is like it also felt like it was just kind of like, oh, and they're rescued, oh, and he's a hero, and the end. And yeah, I don't know. It, it felt like almost like, you know, when a little kid tells you a story, right? They're just like, <laughs> they're like, uh, yeah. And then after he killed the big bad dragon, he married all the princesses and they had a hundred kids and they died. And I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a long life. A hundred kids and they're dead, huh? Wow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that the, the best way that in my opinion, that the movie could have ended was, uh, gets rescued, r- does, does that running out scene where they're like going to go ahead and fight the grizzly bear, I mean the, the polar bear and then his crew's like, hey, we, we've got you and then do the, the black screen you know, he went on to do this and that in and, and Greenland and Ivor never went back and at that, yeah. black screen, that shit or like, show, like, honestly give me the 80s freeze frame, right Ivor and Captain Nicholson jump up and high five. We're rescued. Right. And then like it freezes (laughs) right there and it's like they were best friends forever. I'd be like, stop it. Like I'm crying. But instead, like we got like an extra like five, ten minutes tacked on. Like I 100 percent believed he was going to get the girl if they survived. So I didn't need to know like that didn't need to be explicitly shown to me. Much like the dog murder. I didn't need to explicitly see it. Yeah. So would you recommend this movie? All right. So. Strangely enough, I would recommend this movie if you are a student, a college student, or someone in education that absolutely does not want to read the book. That being said, read the book. Do not watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's. I guess if you're if this is like sub sub genre of movie, right? The both man versus nature and Arctic exploration are your thing. Then you, you probably can't do better than this. I don't know of very many Arctic exploration movies. So this might be the best you could do. I didn't care for it again. We're not Danish. So this might actually be like a really big deal in Denmark. And it might be a celebration of a hero, in which case, we should just not don't consider our opinions just take it as like two americans who don't know what the hell they're talking about but otherwise yeah if you're not into that niche if you're not somebody who feels the need to honor this danish hero then i would say skip this movie there are probably better things you could do i would say you could probably spend an hour volunteering at like a pet shelter and feel a little bit better about yourself than watching this movie so yeah or or go watch the terror and go ahead and uh you know spend some time in a, in a pet shelter helping out the terror will get you the, uh, you know, the expanse of the ice caps and you can watch some humans die. And if I remember correctly, they don't kill any dogs in the, in that TV series. Yeah, probably not. I don't remember it in the book, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think the terror was supposed to be an expedition or or not like a ground expedition. It was like a sailing. Was that the Northwest passage thing? That's what the terror was. Anyway, we're getting off a, off a track here. (laughs) My bad. That's okay. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening. Please like subscribe, leave a comment. Uh, If you've seen this movie, tell us what you thought. If you didn't see this movie, then um, take our recommendation and go do something else. 
if we got anything drastically wrong or if you're Danish or know somebody who is and have information about how they feel about this guy, let us know. We would love to hear it, but please download, comment. It helps us a lot. We will keep doing these episodes until until you do comment. That's right. We're waiting on you. Yeah. But yeah, I'm Greg. That's Ringo. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Laters.